Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show, uh, which included uh, Dan... Trelfer and John Smith, the authors of a new book. Well, a kind of second volume of a book we did a couple of years ago. Brilliant book. Very much enjoyed it. Looking at all the kind of players' autobiographies, a compendium of the best bits, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good fun. And uh... we also chatted to Malcolm Payne, the Telegraph's chess correspondent. There was a scandal in the world of chess, wasn't it? Big scandal. We had a chat, yeah. a couple of bits. Very and... exciting. Don't ask me as well. Well, you say that. Yeah. Here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. What a fabulous weekend of football. <laughs> well, I went to a game. You did? I Tell went, us all about it. I went on. to a match. I went to uh, Enfield Town versus uh, Leatherhead uh, in mm. the Ishmian League Premier Division in the company of uh, Andy Smart, uh, a ball runner, comedy store player, of course, and writer from the non league newspaper. Expert, yeah. And, uh, and my mate Steve, who uh, just a bit like me, he was a fellow Tottenham fan. I sit with him at the games, and he just fancied taking in a bit of live football. And I think it was. I saw Nigel Adderley tweeting about it. It was effectively what we used to call non-league weekend. Mm. Remember, this was the international break where you would encourage yeah, people to go and watch them. Yeah. And so I thought I'll go and watch them. It was all done very well. It was a 350 maximum. It was all ticket, uh, and it was sort of sold out online. But they managed all the COVID protocols well. It was uh, it was a, a scrappy game. It was one nil to uh, yeah. to Enfield Town. Um, not the greatest match, but still a great. It was great being at a game of football again. You had Leatherhead fans at one end in one of the stands behind the goal. The Enfield fans, and of course at half time they all walk round <laughs> like you, so so they then occupy the goal that they're attacking really? in the second oh, half. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah, so just like just like the old days. So mm. um, it was yeah, it was great, and we, you could have a pint, and you could you know within sight of the pitch and all that it was it was just like, so I, an enjoyable experience I'm going to be going back certainly the longer this goes on I'll definitely be going back to watch some football at that level because it kind of kind of gets you engages you with it once again it's, it's interesting we were chatting outside with uh, one of the son's uh, best sport Dickie Pelham Dickie Pelham yeah, sports he's a photographer we asked him what it, what's it like working in an empty stadium and he says he absolutely hates it he, he finds himself listening to commentaries talk, he puts the talk commentary. sport commentary on yeah because he just doesn't like to sit there and he's sitting there taking the yeah. photographs and it's really interesting because I found out yesterday and I didn't realise this I've been loving the IPL this year 
and there's a sort of fake crowd as there's on a lot of sport. But actually, it's being played into the stadium, and yeah. apparently the players really like it. They well, find it because it it just feels like their normal background, you know, to sort of. Well, don't you remember we spoke mm. to a company that were doing a few pilot schemes with, I think, championship clubs doing the same thing. So they they played the effects into the stadium. They played the crowd noise and yeah. and the U's and the R's and near misses and all the songs in the crowd. I think QPR uh, was one I of think them they might that have did done it that for. Um Children in need, the UNICEF game. Oh, the UNICEF game. So, yeah, yeah so it, it kind of gives the players that feeling that there yeah, is something going on, even though they're empty stands. But, I mean, maybe you're, you can tell us more. You can tell us whether your club's uh, still doing that. But, yeah, it's not a bad idea. They've not done it as much as you maybe would have thought they could have done. Got a bit of planning news for you. Oh, good. Okay. We're going to come on to Project Big Picture, by the way. Oh, Very yeah, shortly, Tony we'll Evans will be joining that, us. Yeah. yeah. Project self-interest, as we're calling it. Another way of putting it. That's very true. Yeah, it's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Your project pull up the ladder. If you've got any other names for what the project is, apart from big picture, then uh, feel free. And project, we'll, we'll... project, I'm all right, Jack. Yeah, project, I'm all right, Jack. That's another good one. So we'll run them. We'll run them past uh, everybody this afternoon. If you've got some alternative, talksport.com, text eight ten eighty nine, tweet tshnj. Yeah, you do wonder what they, you know, they. they... They kind of thought this would go down well, but yeah. that's, a, that's another thing. It's a bit like the thing we heard on Friday, the prices. You know, it's gone down like a cup of cold sick. People don't want to pay 15 quid. You can't blame no. them. It's loot. You wonder what their thinking was when they did I'm sure they'll have to have a U-turn Well, I think, they, I think they just looked at um, iFollow, what is it, 9.99 to watch a yeah. championship game, and they maybe looked at what they're doing in non-league, yeah, 7.99 to Premier watch. Premier League teams aren't better off than people who I know they're not. I'm not. Chatting. It's ridiculous. But they I think that's what they've done. They've looked at it and priced it accordingly, thinking we're worth 50% more than the championship. So, well, um, And they think people will pay it. Maybe they're right. Well, I suppose the proof's in the pudding over the yeah, next yeah. few weeks, isn't it? We've got three games at the weekend on Saturday. We? Anyway, this is a long, long-running long case. Uh, John Terry, the former England captain and Chelsea captain, of course, uh, wanted to build a poolside bar and gar- garage for his mm. Ferraris in his 18th century home. It's a lovely I don't know I'll be putting my uh, Ferraris next to the pool. Not a great <laughs> idea if you leave the handbrake off, is it? Poolside garage. Oh, that's not what you normally go for, is it? And, uh, anyway, it got knocked back. So oh, OK. So, so planning yeah. news. So what a great disaster. Know, Poor old yeah. John. He'll, uh, is he going to go in again? Or is it's that lovely. It's like a country club, the house. It's fantastic. OK, but, maybe uh, you, can, you can become a member. <laughs> <laughs> See if he'll let you. Mm. Now um, we're going to be talking today about chess, which we do now and again. Normally, it's oh, yeah. not, not a, sort of not chess news. No point in that, obviously. Uh, with the greatest respect to chess news lovers, uh, Malcolm Payne's going to join us from the Telegraph because uh, a, a grandmaster who was booted off uh, the circuit for mm. cheating, looking at his mobile phone in the toilet during mm. tournaments, checking out sort of classic moves. Uh, has been turning out as a ringer, making a few quid on the circuit. Brilliant, isn't it? Uh, under a forced name, so it's caused quite a scandal. But the re- the other thing we're going to talk about is that Magnus Carlsen uh, lost for the first time the grand, uh, you know, see the grandmaster and indeed fine fantasy football player. Mm. He lost for the first time in 126 matches, which is quite incredible, isn't it, really? Yeah. And what about that in Belgium? Belgium losing to England at the weekend. We're wondering if anybody had a couple of quid with Paddy Power on that double, Magnus Carlsen and Belgium to lose, because sometimes you do get some you, you get some weird and wonderful bets. One of those where you have to go in and they have to. If you used to go into the shop, remember those days, they'd say, 
Oh, I don't know, mate. I'll have to ring the office. It's that sort of thing where you said, I'm going to have a bet with my four-year-old grandson to play for England by the time he's 21 and unable to win the arc. So if if you've ever had a bit of a mad uh, scattergun accumulator, not, some of it might be sport, some of it might not be, you know, who, who killed JR and uh, the 330 at Kempton Park. So if you've done any of those over the years, it's Mr Zeitgeist, isn't it? Who was, killed yeah. JR? Uh, talksport.com, text 8 to 8. 89 tweet TSH and J. Weird, weird, wonderful combination bets that you've come across. Maybe you are mm. a bookie, have worked in that trade, worked in one of the shops, or indeed did it yourself. Tell us your stories this afternoon. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Yeah, and talking of running, also on the honours list. Our old friend Blind Dave Healy, OBE. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? Yes, I sent him a text from both of us. He's a hot man, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to say we should congratulate him today, and that's what we're doing now. I'd written that down. So, yeah, well done, Dave. That is uh, well-deserved. I'm sure, you know, if, if Albion with West Brom were playing at home uh, over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure they'd have him on the pitch, wouldn't they? They would. Getting everybody a wave. But well done, Dave. And, of course, uh, to Goffey and everybody else listening this afternoon who picked up a gong, well done to you all. Now, the uh, two funniest bets I took, says Terry the bookie, when I had my own betting shop in the 90s, fella came in and asked me for a price on Aston Villa to win the boat race. (laughs) (laughs) He had a fiver at 10,000 to one. The bet still stands to this day. A few weeks later, he came back and had another fiver on Elvis to be found in Hyde Park, alive, obviously. That's well, more chance than, than Aston Villa well, winning the boat race. He said, I again offered him 10,000 at once. said, look, it doesn't matter, mate, just a park will be fine. You can drop the Hyde Park. But he said, no, it must be Hyde Park. <laughs> the bet still stands. So um, he must have been having sort of visions, Terry. I mean, that's all you can guess, isn't it? That he'd see these things. He'd see the boat race and he'd, I don't know, possibly in those days, he'd see Tony Morley or whatever uh, at the front there. Or Alan Wright as the Cox. He could be, couldn't he? Alan Wright could have been the Cox. could have been the Cox. So maybe he thinks Villa are going to win the boat race that could still happen so uh, we brought this up because uh, Magnus Carlsen the chess grandmaster lost at the weekend uh, as did uh, Belgium against England so we wonder if anybody had a little double on uh, Magnus Carlsen and Belgium both to lose so you tell us about the weird bets we've had a few more come in we'll scatter those around the show the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport now a couple of years back uh, there was a, a book that came out called Booked. It was a wonderful book. It was a compendium of all the great uh, football autobiographies. And uh, John Smith and Dan Trelfer, uh read them all so you didn't have to, basically, and, and, and basically gave you all the best bits uh, of the players' biographies. And, well, they've done it again, uh, not put off by that first experience. Second Yellow is out, the further adventures of our football heroes. And uh, once again, they've uh, condensed the best of all the player biogs from over the years. Again, right back to Sir Stanley Matthews in this case. I'm very pleased it's to say. Available. John, and, <laughs> it's still available. Probably not in print anymore. John and Dan uh, have joined us. Good afternoon, boys. Good to see oh, you. Hello. Nice to see you. That's a good point, Andy, mate, because, I mean, some of these books, do they sort of turn up in sort of second-hand shops or Absolutely. people pass them on yeah. to you? Because a lot of them are out of print, aren't they? Yeah, the charity shops are <clears> your friend when you're digging around. <laughs> do you yeah. get excited when you find them? Absolutely. Well, at least because we've read so many now, if you walk into one and you there's a book that you haven't read, then yeah, and that's like that's yeah. like gold dust. 
Because that you can mine these books for gold, Dan, can't you? There is, mm. I mean, even the, even the very worst of them has probably got at least 500 good words in them that, that yeah. you can mine. Yeah, sometimes you, you're reading the whole book and, you know, maybe just skimming it a bit, but you're waiting for the, <laughs> waiting for the story or the moment or, even, you know, even a turn of phrase or something that, that just goes, oh, that's going to be great for the book, you know. Yeah. And some of them are great books, great books and great reads, but they don't necessarily have stuff that would sort of fit into... Yeah, what we're doing, but um, yeah, he can always, you can always. Two hundred and fifty, I gather from the book. Yeah, it's yeah. up to two hundred and fifty for yeah. this one. Yeah, it was one hundred and thirty for the first one. Yeah, and then uh, we take it up to two hundred and fifty for this one. Yeah. So you, you you basically allocate um, a certain amount of books to each other, and then you just start to read, and then you've got certain themes, whether it could be uh, training ground bust ups, or it could be cars, or it could be. There's a lovely section of mistakes that players make yeah. in their books, and I thought the standout one for me was Steve Hodge, who talks, yeah. <laughs> talks in his book about the Hand of God game and the, the Argentinian players um, celebrating in their striped shirts. And now, yeah. Hang on, they wore blue that day, yeah. and he's actually got Maradona's shirt, so yeah. he should know and, if anybody does. And his does. book is called The Man with Maradona's Shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so quite all really, of that. That yeah, does really take, it does take some doing, it's doesn't weird, it? Isn't really, it? yeah. <laughs> Um, and do you think that over the years the books have got better? I mean, there's a kind of higher expectation on footballers. I mean, there used to be these sort of hagiographies. It'd be written by a local journalist and it, they'd just be a kind of straight up and down story of their career, wouldn't they? But I think the books have changed. A lot of them getting serialised now. So there's some higher expectations on the footballer's autobiography. They, they need to have a bit of scandal and a few laughs and stuff, don't they? Yeah, definitely. I think we, I read a few sort of ones early 80s um, Charlie Nicholas and uh, Malcolm McDonald and a couple of others and as, as you say there's a couple of lovely bits in there but they are very much quite a straight this is my football career this is what happened yeah. and you know that loads of stuff is not making it into the book whereas now there's much more sort of tell all I mean Jermaine Penance is a, is a good read yeah. and that's got some incredible stuff in and Kieran Dyer's uh, recent one is very good and uh, you know even someone like Peter Reid who, who sort of did a he did a World Cup diary didn't yeah, he I think that was about World it and his book that came out a year or two ago that's I mean that had tons of stuff in yeah. it that's a brilliant book you I both, I, mean, that I know it's at the back you both say that how much you thought that's a sort of standout example if, you, if you're going to read one book and you kind of give a few examples John of the ones that you like mm. there are a few that you think are, are kind of deserve a bit more uh, scrutiny you, 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 yeah. dr- you send your listeners to go and read them absolutely yeah I mean the ones we put in the back are the ones that I think have got a bit of everything you know if you if you were to pick them up there's there's the, a little bit of scandal in there but also genuinely good insight like Paul Lake Paul Lake is my favourite one yeah. uh, I'm not really here Norman Whiteside is really good Peter Reid as Dan said Paul Cannavilles is really good mm. Vince Allaire um, you mentioned yeah. so Allaire's not always is, necessarily is well. like you know the, no. the guys who how, played 50, 60 times yeah. for England how many of the 250 have a forward written by Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> <laughs> what about 80% I want to mention yeah. Yeah. it's amazing that yeah. we had a period where books would be coming every book had a forward by yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson it's very yeah, good of him though isn't it I mean, yeah. he, he, I'm sure he, it's good that he doesn't say no to people that's a very decent I'd thing to do no we did say no to but it's you homing on this a lot of very funny stuff you've mined a lot of quirky funny stuff have you got kind of standout stories now is there is there ones that you just you come back to and you love from the book yeah there's I mean there's there's, oh, there's loads really when we found in this one we found there's this sort of niche of uh, animal stories and in particular pigeon stories right but I just never thought we'd, we'd sort of started mining this seam of stories about pigeons from footballers books but there's, there's several it's like <laughs> Um, Bobby Gould got this great story about he used to go and watch football. Um, I think it was Coventry when he was a kid mm. with his grand uh, with his granddad, I think, 
and they take and he would take homing pigeons into the ground, and when there was a goal. He'd send the pigeon back home to to let his dad know that they'd been a goal. <laughs> so we're just like, well, what if it's a really high-scoring game? Yeah. He'd like take like eight pigeons in there, <laughs> something like that. It's not a sustainable system. And how many people are allowed to do that? Like, you know, Bobby, that becomes a massive surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the other the other on a pigeon theme as well was Derek Howes, yeah. obviously a Charlton legend, and seems to have had a run of the place. And um, the he would have the caretaker sort of scare the pigeons up out of the stand. And Derek Howes is in the middle of the pitch with a shotgun, <laughs> shooting all these pigeons down. Yeah. Alan Mullery turned up as manager and said, "Yeah, we do. We do this every Tuesday." <laughs> <laughs> Paul, yeah, no, what a thought. Yeah, the um, the interesting thing is this: the job of the ghost, because most of these are ghost-written books. I mean, how many are there? Many actually written by the play. You don't find many, do you? Really, or the manager? Not many. Now and again, not many. Yeah. You get a the account, but you can sort of tell, can't you? Because they're a little bit rawer. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a few of those have probably had a bit of a polish from, from an yeah. editor. Mm. But capturing the voice of a kind of working-class bloke, uh, we've noticed in some of the ones we've done over the years, often quite... You mentioned Lee Howie. Lee Howie has got quite sort of flowery yes. prose. Yeah, yeah, you read Lee Howie, didn't yeah, you? Flowery yeah. prose in his books. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I think he's... Well, I, I, I genuinely, and this isn't just me being snobbish or anything, I had to... I, Several times had to look up what the words meant. It's like idetic, idetic, Um and yeah, it was it was he constantly incredible words thrown in there. And you think Lee Howard might be really erudite and and like to throw out those words. I don't know, but my suspicion yeah. was it was probably it was the probably ghost, ghost right the ghost, showing the ghost. Yeah. Showing yeah. He, comes across, he, he comes across as the kid at school who got a thesaurus. Over, yeah. over school, <laughs> there's yeah. some intriguing questions at the front of the book. I mean. Things like which goalkeeper broke his leg with his own head? That does make you want to read on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the inside sleeve will certainly, in, uh, certainly yeah, entice, entice you in. We've got refs soon, right? I mean, Graham Paul wrote uh, Bugfield, I think Mark yeah, Halsey yeah. has mm-hmm. referees. And uh, we're going to talk about women's football in the States a little bit later on. But Hope Solo's book you've lent on a few times as well in this one, haven't you? Really good book. Yeah, yeah that's 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 a good choice, actually. It's another one of recommendations, I think. She's, yeah. It's a really interesting book of things very different sort of becoming a footballer in called America going solo it's got to be over that yeah. title. puns in puns uh, yeah. in titles yeah. are, we, are we still yeah. very much into oh, that these days yeah, yeah definitely yeah. I mean we you know sometimes we talked about um, you know disappointing ones I think Ian Wright is a great book but I think he he didn't use a pun on his most no, recent didn't. one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it was a piece Writers featured and everything else Wrighty has done, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Do the right yeah. thing, yeah, the right yeah. stuff. It's all been... Right. But in yeah. the book, he doesn't do that, <laughs> yeah. does he? I think <laughs> he used them up on his TV career. I think yeah, I think he had, he had none left. And you've now getting stories verified in other books that you heard about in the first book. That's always nice when you get... Um, a different angle on it. Yeah, a story that you've enjoyed from the first one and then suddenly you get a new angle on it, like one that we really liked in the first one was Jim Smith's um, puppet team talk, wasn't it? Mm. So when Jim Smith was uh, QPR manager on the way to the League Cup final, uh, he jumped up on the coach and gave a team talk with a with a glove puppet, which came out of Leroy Rossini's book. And, you know, that's odd enough. And then, Do you know what glove puppet it was? It was a monkey. We, yeah. That's all we yeah, know. Okay, we yeah. don't know the name, we don't know a character, we don't know a voice, but it was a monkey for sure. But then in, um, uh, in Ron Atkinson's book, he talks about a benefit dinner that they did for Jim Smith. And... Um, Roger DeCoursey and Nookie Nookie Bear yeah. were the were the act there. Right. 
and he says Jim was strangely fascinated and this is before that cup final so this is clearly the, the genesis of his puppet obsession and he <laughs> says um, he says yeah Jim was oddly transfixed by Nookie Bell and when we're sitting there having a drink he was just staring at Nookie and started punching it in the face <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting it's reaction yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of quite odd stories about Jim Smith turning <laughs> up in books actually yeah. Yeah. some juicy that which international boss lusted after the wife of another international yeah. boss oh, so you're going to yeah, have to read yeah. the book that to find out <laughs> That's a very well put together yeah. inner sleeve of very this book. So. But look, we recommend them both. Booked was uh, excellent, and also because they're because you know you haven't got to worry about the you know the the relevance of them because they they're from old books. So we'd recommend Booked. We'd certainly recommend uh, Second yeah, Yellow, the present. Further Adventures. A very good present and uh, yeah you've done a lot of research so thank you for that it's a lot of fun thank and, you uh, right. we, thank we you. wish you we wish you well with the book it's published by Pitch and it's, I take it it's out now yes yeah. and I've been out a couple of weeks out yeah. now in hardback so get along to your bookshop or on Amazon and uh, yeah you'll love it there's some fantastic stories in there boys thank you very much brilliant thank, thank you, you. Thank John you Smith much. and Dan Trail for they're the authors of Second Yellow the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Um, we talked about bets earlier on. We're going to talk um, about chess a little bit later on and the fact that Magnus Carlsen, the chess grandmaster, lost for the first time about 126 games and, of course, uh, Belgium lost. Uh, and that's quite rare. So we thought, anybody have a double on Magnus Carlsen and Belgium? Uh, you'll tell us about a few weird bets. A friend of mine in 1979 uh, put a bet on a French driver in a French car with a French engine on French tyres to win the French Grand Prix. It happened. Not only that, he put on an each-way bet on his French teammate to finish in the top three. He came third. Quite a profitable weekend. So that is yeah. a, that's again, that's almost like premonition country, isn't it, when you start yeah. doing stuff like that. Keep them coming. Weird doubles if you were a bookie or indeed someone who had a bet. Ooh la la is the only reaction to that. Yeah, ooh la la is what the headline would be. <laughs> Sacre blur. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talks. Well, Andy just telling me you should keep the temperature up in the studio. Because Why the virus is that? does thrive in cold conditions. Does it really? Yeah, we've seen meat plants and things like that, you know. So, there you go. No, yeah, but the thing is, you're a bit of a <laughs> schwitzer, aren't you? You, 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 you yeah. sit in here looking like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Albert Brooks in broadcast news, all the sweat pouring off. You're getting well, into the equipment. Yeah, it's not every time. Well, that's a great image you portray. <laughs> no, but I know you. No, you, on the odd occasion, I, I keep have it been cool, known. In here, Andy, because you're a man who runs hot. Might be the male menopause. I do, I do run hot. You do run a bit well, hot. It is, so it is that. I'm just, I'm just trying to it's keep lasted it for 20 I'm, years. To I'm, be really honest, I'm trying to keep it at morgue temperature. <laughs> So it's, it's nice and cold in here. Anyway, right, yeah. Andy, I'll turn it up a bit. No, it's fine. It's yeah. good. And uh, I was reading about the uh, this Belgian player, Vanaken, from Club Bruges. What's his name? Vanaken. I don't know his first name. Yeah. Vanaken, his name is. Vanaken. Yeah, and uh, apparently uh, West Ham made an offer for him for £15 million. Pounds, mm. But he turned them down. He said... If I'd wanted to, I could have signed for West Ham. I did think about their offer, and I discussed it with a number of people around me, but it didn't feel like a logical step. I like to play for trophies. I want to win things. Blimey. <laughs> I thought, what a Van Damming indictment. <laughs> if he does actually sign for a Premier League club, he's going to get some clog when he goes to West Ham, isn't he? he? Blimey. Definitely. He's uh, not the first player to say that. No, of course, you know. Yeah. There's been some interesting records broken on the weekend. Have they really? This one, I like this one, by uh, Dimitri Panieva. Oh, Pan- I saw this. Panciera. Panciera, I can't yeah. even read my own writing. Dimitri Panciera. Yeah. He, had, he uh, stacked 125 scoops of ice cream onto a single cone, beating his 2000 world record, 2013 world record of 85. Yeah. yeah. No point whatsoever, but well done to you, mate. <laughs> that takes him doing 125 scoops of ice cream on a single cone. Yeah. I mean, it's like that, the cricket, you know, when they stack the glasses. Yeah, that, like that's those, really... Yeah. They don't tell your kids. They're all going to want one, aren't they? Yeah, really? I suppose it depends how big the scoops were, but, you know... OK, we won't dwell on it for too long, eh? <laughs> and Bruff Scott yesterday in his column in the... Uh, I, don't, I don't know why this caught my eye, but... Yeah. Uh, what newspaper was that? Sunday Times. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. Right. He has a weekly column in the Sunday Times. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, The singer Johnny, De- Johnny Nash died yes. this week, but hopes that the result of the Dewhurst Stakes would echo the words <laughs> of his famous hit, I can see clearly now... With Dashed when two of Aidan O'Brien's Colts finished first and second. Oh, yeah, that's just what Johnny would have wanted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Featuring a, in Bruff Scott's racing column. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, Arsene Wenger's been on the, he's got a mm. book out, hasn't he? I think he's playing the Palladium tonight, Arsene Wenger. Is he? Socially distanced gig in the Palladium. Really? Yeah. Oh, good enough. He's going to do that thing. They've got that sort of, isn't the Brucey yeah. brick in the wall? Sort of, you oh, really? touch it as you go on. It's a bit like the Lissy's Anfield song. Oh, yeah, no, I know, yeah. The little, uh, the little bit mm. of Bruce that's backstage at uh, the Palladium. So, yeah, Arsene Wenger live at the Palladium. <laughs> that's good, isn't tonight. it? Tonight. <laughs> so, um, but they were asking all weird and wonderful questions mm. in The Observer. Um, and uh, Gary, uh, and of all the questions you could have asked him, I think this is a good one. Mm. Uh, Gary McCrevery, uh, he says, um, Arson, coming into autumn, do you prefer a roll neck or a cardigan? <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a roll neck. Well, I, I know you yeah. prefer a roll neck. But uh, Arson is a man after your own heart. He says, a roll neck jumper because I like to go out in nature and spend time in the forest with the trees and I like freedom of movement. So maybe he's going out in a roll neck but no trousers or underpants. <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> Would you be a bit of a fearsome well, sight, wouldn't it? Really? Marvellous, wouldn't it? Yeah. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff about Prince Harry and Meghan over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, But one of the things was that uh, they'd been spotted outside of their home uh, for the first time. They dined for three hours at 
at Lucky's Steakhouse. And I was thinking, not that lucky for the cow, though, is it, really? It's quite <laughs> no, strange. That's one way of looking at it. Talking of food, Andy, last week, I never yeah. got round at this on Friday, the moose was set, settling down to watch the England oh, game the on Thursday evening. food. And uh, he does... Now, normally when people send out photographs of food, it's because the food is beautifully presented, it's yeah. been nicely photographed, they Instagram it, they're very proud of the food yes, they've made. Uh, but the moose uh, came up with a very interesting concoction the other evening. I think it's fish goujons in egg fried pasta. Now I've not I've, the egg fried of the egg fried rice. Yes, of course, but I've never come across the egg fried pasta. But it is it's fried in egg. It's got peas in it, and um, it's a real surprise the way he looks, isn't it? It's no, it's just. I mean, and he's got the goujons. I mean, there's I mean, there's been zero effort put into the presentation, and uh, it's just there glooped into a bowl, all of it. And he's sent us a picture of it. Said just about to tuck into. Uh, one of the replies he had on social media was, "Are you in prison?" Which <laughs> which, is, which is pretty good, really. Yeah. Fish goosons and egg fried pasta and peas I've made myself. Well, he didn't <laughs> think it was a ready meal, mate. That wouldn't be on any list, would it? But uh, the moose, the moose is food pictures. They do look like you're slopping out somewhere. Well, he, he honestly, he used to stink the office out, the old office. Oh, yeah, when he used, to, he, start, he used to start microwaving fish, didn't he? Everything really smelled of copy yeah. decks. <laughs> the old building. It was like somebody just had new carpet fitted. It was not good. Anyway, you're telling us about some weird and wonderful bets. Uh, Gordon in Falkirk says, I was a bookie for 10 years and took some very strange bets. I once got mm. a call asking what price the Green Peppers team to win on Ready Steady Cookware. Blimey, you got it bad then. Please gamble responsibly. Uh, I gave the standard price for a two-horse race um, six to five on, and I took sixty pound on the peppers. <laughs> Ainsley, that's the thing. The the independent bookmaker could do stuff like that. Then you know, maybe they, you then get that sort of uh, personal one to one bet in the high street. Uh, sorry, in, in amongst all mm. the sort of big companies, Ainsley announced Ainsley announcing Red Tomatoes as the winners was met with a whoop of delight by myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's not a good thing. You shouldn't be betting on Ready Steady Cook. You should go and see somebody. Can't bet on Ready Steady Cook. It's not. A great idea not a great idea on a recorded show uh, news so, from china oh yeah a video production company has hired a two-year-old llama alpaca cross to cheer up office staff in wuxi in china yeah not a bat or a pangolin then wuxi yeah Wuxi. llama alpaca alba was it a llama what? llama alpaca cross okay well that's what we'll call him at quarter four when we chat with him instead of john that's fantastic. That's his new nickname, of course. Yes. From the mirror. Um, anything else you want to tell us, Andy? Celebrities have shorter marriages than the rest of us, a study has found. Is that right? Yes, well, careful there, Harry and Meghan. Brooklyn. Oh, blimey. Okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I told you, they're my least favourite people of, at the moment. You've gone off them, have you? Oh, God. Drive me mad. I just can't stand their their videos. I can't stand their sort of holier than thou attitude. I can't stand their thing saying, oh, oh yes, I've spoken to people they couldn't get out, but we've been fortunate. We've been able to walk in our garden. You live in an eleven million dollar house for yeah. goodness' sake. Yeah, well done. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, Hawksby. <laughs> You're listening to Talk Radio. This is Hawksby and Jacobs. I'm auditioning. Here on Talk Sport. I think, yeah, you and you and uh, MG, you'd be sensational together. They had 30,000 people at that rugby in New Zealand. Did you see that? Who did? Uh, New Zealand and Wellington at the Bledisloe Cup yeah. between Australia and New Zealand. Great game, 16 all. Sounded an absolute classic. Played in front of more than 30,000. In a stadium that holds how many? Well, I don't know, but even so, that's pretty... How many can it hold? 60,000, 80,000? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still impressive, but... Yeah. Yeah. 
know, just everybody's dealt with the virus in different ways, haven't they? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Uh, Hawksby and Jacobs here on Talk Sport, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people this evening were planning to watch the. My Year with MMD documentary on BBC Two with uh, Rob Burrow, the rugby league player. Mm. Um, and that's been held over, I see, from Sally Nugent, who's played it, who has, has made the documentary, I say. Uh, so mm. it's been held over because of the government announcement. So that will be on at 7 o'clock on BBC Two tomorrow night. Although it's the Prime Minister's statement. Says this is the state shortly. So this, this is, is a, a statement to the Commons, and then there'll be a statement to oh, the I nation. See to the, all right, okay. Yeah. A little bit later on, right. but uh, yeah, okay. that, that looks a very powerful uh, bit of telly. That he's a good man, Rob. He's been on a couple of times with us over the last year or so, and a very powerful bit of TV. But that's uh, now tomorrow, not tonight. So, as always, we wish him well. So we move on to the world of uh, chess. Hmm. And, Amazing um, story, this. Yes, that's right. Um, this is a, di- a disgraced chess grandmaster who was banned from tournaments after he was caught cheating. Has been rocking up at other tournaments with a mask on. This is the great, the upside, some might say, of of the mask oh, wearing course, at the moment, yeah. and uh, and winning. Uh, joining us now to tell us more is uh, chess uh, correspondent for the Daily Telegraph, Malcolm Payne. Good afternoon, Malcolm. Good afternoon. So, uh, give us a bit of background to this guy. Why, why was he, uh, why was he uh, banned for cheating? Well, his name is Igor Rausis. He's uh, born in the Ukraine, but he's been representing Latvia. Uh, he's 59 years old, and that's the kind of age when chess players start to decline. You know, your, your powers start to desert you, as I've found to my own cost. And yet, somehow, this guy was shooting up the rankings as he got older and, and reached the world's top 100. And so people started to think, well, this is a bit odd. How's he, how's he actually managing this? How's he managing to, to turn back father time and uh, get better at chess as he, as, he, as he gets older? So the uh, authorities, the chess authorities, put his games into the computer. What, what we have is very well-developed anti-cheating mechanisms in chess where we, we check the games of a player and see how they align with moves that, that a super computer would play. And it turned out um, that his moves were very similar to the computer. So people got quite suspicious. And then he was caught actually analysing the game on his phone in a toilet. And someone took a picture of it and he went all around the world. So at that point, he was banned. Who wow. took the picture? Somebody just sort of looked because they, they suspected. So they kind of looked over the cubicle with, the with their mobile phone <laughs> and held it over the cubicle, did they? Bizarre as it sounds, but yes, that's what happened. People were very suspicious of him, and there was a pattern of behaviour. He kept disappearing just when the game was getting particularly complicated. So I think it was one of the arbiters, but I'm not one of the referees. I'm not 100% sure. Somebody took this picture. He was caught, and he was banned for six years. I mean, I'd have been quite happy with a lifetime ban, but six years was the ban. Yeah. What's the point when you cheat? Honestly, when you take part in things and you cheat, I can never see... I mean, it's quite lucrative, isn't it, I would imagine, Malcolm, at the top level? There was a lot of prize money at stake. (coughs) I mean, there is a a tournament going on at the moment with uh, 181,000 Norwegian Krona prize fund, which on a good day for the oil price is, you know, about £180,000, roughly. So there, there is a lot of money in chess. Not that much at the level Rouse's was at, uh, but nevertheless, you know, he, he was playing in open tournaments with uh, with many thousands of pounds of prize money, and he won some of that with uh, with this cheating, which is unfortunate. But we thought he'd gone forever, and then he reappeared. Yeah, yeah so somebody he spotted him. Somebody, uh, another uh, grandmaster, spotted him behind the mask. I take it he was, however much he tried to hide it, in in a sort of bog standard game of chess in Latvia, he was probably quite good, wasn't he? <laughs> 
Well, this was the thing. One of the things was he used a false name. And one of the methods of telling when someone is cheating, everyone in chess has a rating. So we know how good everybody is on the basis of every game they've ever played, which is analysed, stored in a database, and, and, and your rating is calculated according to your results. So this guy turned up with a false name and said that he didn't have a rating. And then remarkably, you know, he starts crushing everybody. And that was when people got a bit suspicious. I'm amazed he thought he could get away with it, to be honest. Yeah. So um, he was he was found out, and did he leave, or was he unceremoniously booted out of the competition? Yeah, he he was the uh, the organisers confronted him and 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 chucked him out. He, even as part of his disguise, by the way, he was uh, pretending to have a limp and he had a crutch as well. Oh bloody! He went the full <laughs> long go for it, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. I mean, very few people I've heard have managed to turn the. Uh, the COVID crisis to potentially to their advantage, but this was a very imaginative attempt, but thankfully it failed. So hopefully he'll be spotted again if he ever tries it. Now, the other shock in the world of uh, chess was uh, top player Magnus Carlsen and uh, fine fantasy football player lost the yeah. game. You'd think so, big deal, but 125 game unbeaten streak came to an end. That is imp- How many years was that over? Oh, so the last time the last time the world champion Magnus Carlsen lost a game of chess was July 2018. Oh. And he played 125 what we call classical games. They're the long games where you have a lot of time to think. He lost a few quick games, blitz games in the intervening period. But in the, the kind of the proper chess, if you like, the test match chess it, to, to make an equivalence with cricket, he was unbeaten in 125 games. And then on Saturday at a tournament in his home uh, country of Norway, he was defeated by a young Polish player, the Polish number one ranked 15th in the world, who was actually having a lousy tournament. He was having a terrible tournament, this guy, Jan Krzysztof Duda. He was bottom of the tournament table, and he's got to play the world champion. I mean, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, in, wasn't planning on having a great afternoon, but he managed to outplay Magnus and, uh, and win the game. It was very tense at the end, because they have a, a slightly fast time limit, certainly for classical chess, of two hours for all the games, uh, for all your moves. And uh, Duda was down to like his last 10 seconds and he was having to move really quickly, but he managed it. And yeah, the champion finally lost. This tournament where th- 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 he lost that sounds amazing. It's in Stavanger in Norway, apparently. And yeah. uh, every year they ask the, the, the masters to, to try and master something they're not good at, Andy. Oh, yeah, what's that? Um, yeah. Well, previous years they've done archery, milking cows and cooking. <laughs> so they get all the chess players to do something like that. But uh, yeah. this year they had to make a cake, Malcolm, didn't they? <laughs> That's right. I mean, uh, chess is hugely popular in Norway, mainly because of Magnus Carlsen being the world champion, and it's broadcast live on, on television on the main channels. And they also cover this uh, incredible sort of, uh, if you like, reality section of the, of the chess tournament. The milking cows was definitely the high, the high point. Um, <laughs> there was cooking fish, which uh, the former world champion Vichy Anand won. And yes, they they had cake making was the uh, was was the latest episode. Uh, so, it's uh, remarkable how good chess players are at these sorts of things. You know, it's belied their reputations yeah. actually. So I presume you don't have um, Norwegian TV. So are you? How are you able to follow and watch these games? It'd be on, it'd be yeah. online, wouldn't it? I would imagine every every game is online. So I follow the the live commentary on uh, on a chess website called Chess Twenty Four, which is really nice because it has the world top female player of all time, Judith Polgar, commentating, and the former world champion, Vladimir Kramnik. He's the guy who dethroned Garry Kasparov. Mm. And they explain the games uh, in terms that, uh, you know, the, the, all, all the chess players maybe... Obviously, it's very hard to, to understand sometimes what the great players are, are actually thinking, but uh, Polgar and Kramnik explain it. And, of course, you've also got, because you're not playing the game, you can use the computer to explain it as well, and that helps to, to unlock some of the secrets of the game. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's great fun. And uh, 
they're starting again in 20 minutes. Which, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. Brilliant. We'll let you get into situ. Good to talk to you, Malcolm. Thanks very much. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Don't ask me. Here we go then, five questions for Andy Jacobs. We do it every Monday. Try and keep him sharp, see how much he can remember about last week. Oh, yeah. On <clears> Friday, <throat> we spoke to Christophe Terreur, yes. a Belgian football expert, off the back of Belgium having a crowd in in Brussels for the match between Belgium and which other country? Uh, oh, no, it wasn't Denmark. The goal, because it was relevant. It was a Premier League player who scored the goal <sighs> for the other country, which I'm, I'm trying to give you a bit of a clue here, Andy. No. Nah. Gone. Oh. No idea. That's a hard one. I've no idea. It was Wilfred Zaha. Oh, it was Ivory Coast, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. right. He didn't score the goal. He won the penalty. He won oh, he the won penalty. the penalty. Yeah. I do apologise. Uh, well, that's the end of that. Well go home now. That's what I think. <laughs> well, I think My I wife you will off, be Andy. disappointed. You should Andy. claim a point there, I think. Okay, yeah. well, I got it wrong. So, okay, technically you're still in the game. <laughs> uh, we spoke to Anne Tornquist, who told us a troubling yeah. tale from which nation involving a gangland execution of a young footballer? Yes. What country did it happen in? God, my memory's really gone bad this week. <laughs> you can't and, blame me for that. No, man. I remember Anne Tornquist, of yeah. course. I remember her book. It's a shocking book. Well, think of the it? name, Anne Tornquist. It wasn't sort of... Sweden. Yeah, Sweden, I was going to say. <laughs> Clues in the name, mate. Um, That's uh, We Tornquist. spoke to Mike Birch about his film, What's It Called? Who? Mike Birch. <laughs> Mike Both Birch? Well. Mike Birch told us about his film. He's a filmmaker and golf reporter. Does that help you? His Mike. film is called, it's named after a uh, former oh, Chelsea. Oh, it's a Mulligan. It's called Mulligan, yes. Yeah, yeah, former, yeah. former Chelsea player. Um, like I wasn't here last week. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Paddy <laughs> Kenny joined us, former Sheffield United Leeds and Ireland yes, goalkeeper, to tell us about his new bi- book. A new book. <laughs> new big new book. He's got a new pet. <laughs> <laughs> a new big. <laughs> the what? The what's are off. The uh, what's are off. The... What's are off? The what? The blank are off. What would the book be called? Paddy Kenny. Oh, come on. I don't know. The blades are off. Are you kidding me? The gloves are off. Oh, the gloves are off. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. That's right, yeah. Anyway, and uh, Crackers, who was our um, correspondent, uh, sorry, our uh, Canary Islands (laughs) correspondent. Which island was he on? Lanzarote. Yeah, well done. Okay. You were here last week, certainly. He's concentrating enough. It's difficult. Anyway, we'll leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) The gloves are off. The blades are off. Uh, all right, we'll do it again next week. I'm that would have cheered when I get home. That would have cheered your missus up. The fact you made a class of it at the end. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We're back tomorrow from one Ramesh Ranganathan among our guests in the studio. We enter the world. We go behind the Iron Curtain back in the day for the world of East German football. There we are. That's it. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 